Today is part two of our annual listing optimization workshop where we give you all of the latest and greatest strategies for optimizing your listing. Here in 2022, we're gonna talk about A-plus content and a bunch of other stuff that I haven't even talked about on the podcast before. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. What happens when you've grown your Amazon business as much as you can and don't have the time or resources to take it to the next level? That's where Thrasio comes in. Thrasio acquires category-leading FBA brands from small business owners just like you and specializes in taking your brand to new heights while you profit from the growth. When you sell your business to Thrasio, your deal could include a long-term earnout, meaning you profit when your brand grows under their management. So if you're thinking about selling your FBA business, visit thrasio.com slash helium10 to connect with Thrasio's deals team. That's T-H-R-A-S-I-O dot com slash helium10 for more information on if your brand is a good fit for Thrasio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon or Walmart world. Uh, Now, this is part two, again, of our listing optimization workshop. Last episode, if you haven't caught it yet, pause this episode, go back to that one and catch up so that you can get that first part. It's important you listen to these two uh, in order. We talked about you know the best practices for your title. Um, in that one, we talked about a lot of stuff, that crazy stuff that's happening about indexing right now in the Amazon world, so make sure to check out that episode. Uh, in this one, we're gonna continue talking about the listing copy, and so let's get right into it. All right, uh, bullet points. Bullet points, guys, very, real simple. I talk about a lot. Don't focus just on keywords, especially with your top two bullet points. You want to make an emotional connection there, all right? You want to make an emotional connection with your bullet points. Uh, Here's a couple of examples of some collagen peptides bullet points I've called out. Here's one that says, new look and label, same great product, includes one ready to mix or who who the heck cares that you've got a new look and label? Does that that make me want to, oh, I want to buy this product. It's got a new look and label. All right, how about this other one? Premium quality Zanmex collagen is enzymatically processed to ensure intact peptides properties sourced from pasture-raised, grass-fed, non-GMO, uh, and uh, wait, served with highly available protein and 18 amino acids. I mean, come on, 18 amino acids. Oh, man, the competitor only had 17 amino acids. I'm going to get this. I mean, come on, guys. This is ridiculous. You're not making an emotional connection with these bullet points. There's nothing that makes me want to buy this product, you know, um, what are the things you should be doing, guys, in the, especially in the first couple of bullet points? Think about what's going to push somebody over the fence to buy it. Um, what is going to, like, uh, alleviate their fears? Uh, what is their goals for the product? You know, I talk, speaking of collagen peptides, I always talk about that hack that you can use, Review Insights, another uh, part of the Helium 10 Chrome extension. Run Review Insights on one of your competitors' listings or one of your own that has a lot of reviews, like over a 1,000. And then hit the review analysis button. And then you're going to see what exactly uh, is on the customer's mind. What are the top two, three, four, five word phrases that your or your competitors' customers are saying? And you'll notice with collagen peptides, I always show this. It's the best example of this, in my opinion. The number one phrase is in my coffee. In my coffee is appearing all over the place. 
um, for this this um, product or in the, in the reviews. And so, you know, now what you can do with that information is in my bullet points, I'm going to talk about in that first couple of bullet points, hey, the, the, this collagen mixes well in your everyday morning coffee or something like that. Now, that is so much better than 18 amino acids or 17 amino acids and enzymatically process and new look and new label because that is something that speaks to what the customer is trying to buy their product for. They might be thinking right now like, hey, I need collagen because uh, I need something for my morning coffee. I'm about to run out. And they see this in the bullet point. They're like, oh, shoot, this this, this company knows exactly what I'm trying to um, what I'm trying to accomplish here. So keep that in mind, guys. Speak to the customer's goal. Um, other things that you can call to mind in bullet points are things like, well, how is your product better than the other ones out there? Uh, what is something that overcomes their fears? You know, How can it be used as a gift? Does it solve a pain in their life? Does it give some kind of pleasure? These are all things that you can keep in mind for your bullet points. If you have indexing issues, guys, check if you went over 1,000 characters. This is some interesting stuff right here, all right? Now, uh, I did this little case study right here on this one where I had six bullet points. So what I did, guys, was I made it so that in my last bullet point, halfway through, I went over 1,000 characters, all right, 1,000 characters. So uh, if you can see this on the screen, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, right here in this last bullet point, there's like seven or eight words that are not that are after 1,000, like gothic, coffin, key holder, and where it actually went to 1,000 is right in the middle of this word called uh, testing that I had. And sure enough, what I did was I ran it through index checker, we talked about that, and those keywords, guys, that were after the 1,000 characters were up did not get indexed. Uh, key holder, uh, gothic key holder was not indexed. Testing also was not indexed. It was interesting because it was like T-E-S-T and that was like that hit 1000. And then after that, I-N-G was not. So sure enough, the entire word testing did not get indexed. Now, what I went and did after this was I went back into the listing and in the second bullet point, what I did was I added all of those extra keywords. I copied it, those extra words that were after 1000. And then I added it at the end of the second bullet point. So now technically those keywords that weren't indexed, they are within the 1000, but, but check it out. The other thing I'm testing is, well, since I moved keywords here in the second bullet point, would keywords from my last bullet point that were indexed before now not be because it got pushed out of the 1000? The answer guys, Yes, yes, and yes. So first of all, those keywords that weren't indexed but that I moved into the 1000, like uh, a key holder, guess what, guys? Those were now indexed. What about the um, the words that were indexed before, like sixth uh, and bullet and point? I literally had something that said six bullet point and they were indexed before. Now that they were pushed outside of the 1000, boom goes a dynamite. They were not indexed. So there's a lot of people who have always said, oh, uh, um, it might be only 1,000 1, or up to 1,000, but I haven't actually seen this in uh, lately, in, at least in the last couple of years, to make sure that was still happening. So yes, it does look like at times uh, that could affect your indexing, all right? So the takeaway is um, if you're having trouble and you're like, hey, why are my like last bullet points here not indexing? Check uh, using Listing Builder for your character count to make sure that you didn't go over 1,000. Uh, another thing that's you know semi new in the last year, I mean, it's Amazon has always kind of not wanted it, but now I heard they're cracking down more. Is don't use all caps in the beginning of your bullet points. Amazon, you know, is 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 kind of strongly encouraging people not to do that anymore. 
Also, check if you have the ability to add more than five bullet points. And that one I was just talking about, I had six bullet points. So a lot of uh, listings now, you can go and hit add more at the end inside Seller Central. It, and if you have that, you can add six, seven, eight, nine. Sometimes you can go up to 10 or more bullet points. Keep in mind though, that 1000 character limit for indexing still applies. So go ahead and fill those you know bullet points up, but those are more for like maybe sales copy as opposed to indexing. Uh, because once you hit 1000, most likely a lot of those keywords are now not going to be um, indexed uh, anymore. Um, best best uh, practice for your description. That was the last you know field that we talked about in the main part of a listing. You know, don't copy your bullet points. You know, there's no point to do that. If somebody is actually going to read your description, they probably already read your bullet points because hardly anybody reads the description. But if they do, they're the kind of person who are really detail oriented. They probably already read the bullet points. They're like, well, what is this nonsense? I just literally read this in the bullet points. Why is this company putting this same thing here in the in the description? So so don't do that, guys. And plus, you get that's another 2,000 characters, which is why you should also keep your description under 2,000 characters. That's another 2,000 characters of real estate that you can get more keywords potentially indexed for. So don't copy your bullet points. Um, don't use HTML tags before you could put like, you know, the little, I forgot what it is, a little, uh, symbol and then a piece for a page break and things like that. Can't do that anymore. Don't put HTML tags into your description. Um, if you've got a plus content guys, keep, uh, your old description and max it out in the keywords. All right. So yes, your a plus content, uh, replaces your description on the front end, but in the back end, don't delete it because that still can give you indexing for keywords. All right, let's now talk about A plus content. Now, A plus content is those kind of like graphical um, images and descriptions that you see in some Amazon listings. And as for, uh, until now, so far, it's only available to those who have brand registry. Remember, if you if you want brand registry, you've got to have a trademark. So you can do that, you know, through Amazon. Um, Helium 10 has companies like a sellertrademarks.com. That's that's a Helium 10 partially owned company where you can get your trademark registry from Germany, from USA, from different uh, trademark offices around the world and use that to apply for brand registry. You know, in the past to get brand registry, it took like months and months uh, because you had to have a fully registered trademark. But a lot of times now, um, Amazon will give you the brand registry as long as you got you got one of those like pending registration numbers uh, of an actual trademark. So make sure to get that, guys. Tons and tons of benefits uh, for those who have brand registry, including A-plus content. So let's just get into it. Um, on what exactly A plus content is. Now, th there's a lot of like, th there's these modules that you can use in order to to get your uh, your A plus content on there. It's not like you have to know a bunch of HTML code and, and do this. Um, you do it right there inside of the Amazon dashboard. Now, um, it gives you a little bit extra like professionalism, I want to say, you know, you, you could see this if you guys are, are looking at this picture that uh, on YouTube, you can see this uh, Timberland one. It's kind of like a nice brand logo. That's kind of like cool to use as a, as a banner at the top. And it's really, you know, professional. Like you can't really put that in your, in your image stack, but it gives your page a nice, you know, nice kind of like look and feel to it. Um, if somebody scrolls down there to the bottom now, um, Something to do is is use other than use a banner for your your top is like use a comparison chart. It's really cool. Uh, 
cross-sell your own products. You can like, let's say you've got like the Manny's Mysterious Oddities um, brand. Well, you know, we've got various different coffin shelves. Well, use one of their modules to actually be able to cross-sell your own products and have like a comparison chart right there. It's a great module for show, showing your product range. It could You can showcase variations of one product or a different range of products that you're selling, all right? Um, another thing that you can do is if you are like involved in, in you know like charitable causes or you have some like really cool brand story use one of the banners uh, modules at the bottom or somewhere there to talk about that you know there's a lot of people who are you know really into that you know like maybe you're promoting a healthy lifestyle or the product is environmentally friendly friendly or sustainable um or maybe it's like you know the, what's those shoes is like tom shoes where they donate $10 for every pair of shoes sold to, to, you know, third world countries or something like that. I forgot what it is, but like, I literally have never bought one of those shoes in my life. And I, I heard about that 10, 15 years ago. And I still, you know, I still remember it, you know, to this day that I'm even talking about it right now in this podcast. So there are people who those kind of, uh, who, who, you know, remember those kind of things and it's kind of cool for your brand. So go ahead and do that also in the A plus, uh, content. Now in the text, you can improve your visibility in SEO you know, now your text in, in the description for A plus content is not indexed on Amazon. All right. But it's indexed in Google. Now, now here's an interesting thing that, that, you know, people do say that there's the alt image text. All right. Inside of A plus content. And a lot of people have had success in getting those indexed. Now, here's the thing I've tested it out, you know, just recently. First of all, sometimes, uh, there, your A plus description could be indexed parts of it, but it doesn't mean that it's the A plus content that got you indexed. You know, if we we talked in the last episode now, Amazon is being much more liberal with how it indexes or relates keywords to your listing. You, you can be indexed for tons of words that aren't even in your listing now, now more than ever, it seems. So you might see a couple words in your A plus content indexed, but that doesn't mean it's from your A plus content. Now, now the controversial thing is is for a while, you know, people have said that hey, like your alt image text, where if you go into your uh, edit your A plus content and then you hit you know uh, image text, I think it's called. If you put in keywords there up to like a hundred characters, you can get indexed for. Um, I I've seen people show that happen lately in the last few weeks. So I've tested some, didn't work. All right, I tr I waited twenty four hours, waited forty eight, waited seventy two hours. The keywords that were weren't indexed before. Now it's in the the in the um, the image uh, header, still not indexed on Amazon. The interesting thing though got indexed on Google almost immediately. You know, after it got live, you know, it was like twelve hours later. I checked uh, Google indexing. Sure enough, those keywords that I wasn't indexing for before, it now is indexed on Google. So so don't rely too much because it doesn't look like it's always the case that you can get use those image keywords and get indexed. You know, some people it's worked great, others. Recently, it's not working as often. The second thing you should keep in mind, if it does work for you, don't just keyword stuff. Remember, Amazon doesn't like always keyword stuffing on things that could potentially be visible. You know, your search terms and your subject matter will never under any circumstances be visible. So Amazon doesn't care if you're keyword stuffing there. But remember, what is the point of like alt image text? You know, for people who don't have the images appear on their browser, like if you were to go into Chrome, and then you were to turn off images so that images don't automatically load. Instead of the image, that text is what appears. That alt image text or that image text that you are entering into your A plus content, that is what is going to show up. And so if you just like keyword stuff the heck out of that, you know, 
Amazon doesn't like that. You know, users don't like it. I'm not exactly sure how, I, I know there's a lot of tools for like those who are blind and I'm not sure if some of these tools are reading that alt text. It very well could be. And there's an, if, if that is the case, again, I, I don't quote me on this because I'm not sure. I'm just speculating here. But imagine if that was the case, you know, you don't want to put a keyword stuffed, you know, uh, image, alt image. You just now have, you know, um, insulted anyone who is blind, who is using one of these tools, you know, to kind of pro under, un understand what the images are showing. So, so just keep in mind that don't, if you're relying on your, on, on this for indexing your most important keywords, you probably shouldn't, you know, that that's, that's for your title, that's for your subject matter, that's for your search terms, but still give it a try, um, fill out these things and, and then don't keyword stuff, you know, make it appropriate to the image while, while still slyly throwing in some keywords there that you think might help you with, with some rank juice. You know, there's rumors going around that eventually Amazon might require you to always have alt image, um, you know, text there. So, so it's just a, it's a, it's a good field to fill out. You know, like, like I said before, you should, you should always try and, and fill out as many fields as, as you can uh, on Amazon. So, so that's something to, to know about indexing and, and the, um, a plus content. I'm going to give you guys a little bonus uh, tip on a plus content, uh, in a little bit. Uh, what are some other, um, tips that you can use for, um, your a plus content or just in general? Remember we talked in the last episode about using review insights, uh, in order to get into the mind of how your buyers use a product or what their, you know, what their main use case is, go ahead and throw some of those, uh, images into your, uh, a plus content as well. Uh, if you're not sure what is the best to use, um, for any image in your listing, well, don't forget about Helium 10 Audience, all right? It's a tool we've talked about many times on here. It's powered by PicFu, and uh, it's amazing with before you even get your listing up to kind of know what image would be the best one to use for your main image or other images. Uh, I love using this. Um, if you guys are watching this on the screen right now, those of you watching this on YouTube, um, I've, I've got up three different coffin trays. And so, you know, we had asked on the live poll, like which one people would like the best. And they actually picked the one that the audience poll did. And a lot of times what's going to happen is what you think is the best image to use for your product is not really the image that your target market necessarily likes. So use Helium 10 audience. Uh, it's right there in your dashboard. You don't even have to have a paid account to use it because it's a pay-per-use thing and target your, your target market now you might be wondering, well, how do I know what my target market is? Well, if you've been selling on Amazon, like this coffin egg tray um, was not the first product that we made. You know, the first product we made under this brand was Manny's Mysterious Oddities. And I talked about the benefits of brand registry, right? One of them is having A-plus content. Another benefit of brand registry is having brand analytics. And there's a section of brand analytics where it shows you your demographics for your market. So uh, we have been selling the coffin shelf for a couple of years. I'm like a coffin egg tray might be a similar person. So I was able to see, Oh, the, you know, our typical customer is, is like, you know, a female from ages of 25 to 35. And it was a prime member, something like that, you know, is what I saw. And so in helium 10 audience, I was able to specifically target that market. And I was like, Hey, all right, females from the ages of whatever I said, 25 to 35, which picture, and if you're a prime member, which picture would you like to click on the most or which one stands out the most for you in the search results? And so we were able to, from day one of our listing, have a good idea. Now, if you um, if you don't have, uh, or, or if you already have a listing, you know, and, and you don't want to use Helium 10 Audience. Now, again, me personally, the reason I like using Helium 10 Audience or PicFu is because it's giving me um, feedback on not a live listing. In other words, 
if if I if I do this test on a live listing, like change the images out, by definition, I'm kind of screwing myself, technically speaking, on one uh, like 50% of the time. So if I'm running one month test, my whole theory is that one image or one price or one this is better than the other, right? So right away I'm saying, hey, 50% of the month, I'm gonna do something that's not great. That's why I love to use uh, Helium 10 audience before I even have a listing. So I'm not like testing my theories on a live listing and losing money. That being said, once you already have the listing, you know, going, it's not as it's not as much of a loss, you know, to, to do these tests. So another thing you can use is manage your experiments. Manage your experiments is something that's available to brand registered sellers. Again, there goes another benefit of having brand registry, and you can split uh you can split test things like your title and your images, and it gives you a lot of great uh, it gives you a lot of great um, insight, guys, uh, into different metrics that I never even knew existed. As a matter of fact, let, let me go ahead and talk about some of those. So one of the ones that I did was I just did a random one on the coffin shelf uh, and it, it gave me like super detailed um, metrics that don't even have to do with my split test. Now, now the ones that had to do with my split test obviously was the conversion rate and the unique uh, or units per unique visitor, units sold. But one interesting thing is it told me what how many units were sold from search. And what was shocking to me was that only half of the units I sell of this coffin shelf come from search. The others come from, you know, may, may, maybe just Google or outside traffic or, or people clicking on like sponsored, you know, product ads or customer also bought or frequently bought together. So that was very interesting about how it, it, it showed me how many units were sold from search. And it also showed me how many unique shoppers um, saw my title. I did a title test, uh, saw it, you know, whether, you know, that, that, that doesn't mean that they have to have seen it in my actual listing. Um, but like the coffin shelf, there was 132,000 people who saw my title, like maybe in the search results or maybe in sponsored ads or whatever. And I only sold like 71 units. So that, that's kind of like crazy. So it gives it, you know, this manager experiments is pretty cool. It gives you some like kind of like cool things um, to to go over. Now, uh, another thing that uh, we've talked about before is niche themes. You know, try and look what are people doing that is working. You know, so um, I, I've used the example of like, if you type in collagen peptides and look at the search results, you'll see that most of the search results these top sellers, they all have got long titles. So, hey, that might be working that. These guys are selling hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it's not like, oh, you know, buyers of this don't like long titles. So long titles work. If I'm entering this collagen peptides market, I'm going to do a long title because that's kind of like the niche theme. Conversely, you know, you look at an accordion and it's mainly short titles that are doing well, you know, for, for this like certain accordion niches. So look at your niche theme guys. Um, there's a number of things that can, you know, qualify as kind of like a, a niche theme. I just talked about what are the title links? Uh, what about the images? Like if, uh, in that collagen peptides one, almost all of those collagen peptides listings, the main image was like a 3d rendering. You can kind of tell. So maybe that's what works best for that niche. For others, it might be photography. Um, look at the niche theme of, of like the secondary and tertiary images. Uh, does everybody always have the supplements as the second image? Maybe you should have the supplements as the second image. You know, does everybody have an infographic that really highlights the size? If it, when I say everybody, I'm talking about like the top, top sellers, your top competitors. Well, then maybe you should too. So th this is the thing though. Don't, it's not copy and paste. 
You know, don't don't copy and paste. It, it, this is more of like a if it ain't broke, don't try and fix it. So what what Tomer does? T- Tomer Rabinovich is one of the top sellers uh, in the world or as, as far as knowledge goes and using helium ten. What he does when he's entering new niches, he looks at the theme and, and he'll print all of these out on documents or like in PowerPoint, and he'll put the the theme of all the top sellers' titles. He'll have another presentation of all their main images, all their secondary images, all their third images, etc. He'll show their bullet points and things like that. And what he'll do is he'll give, as far as the images go, give it to like his designers and say, hey, this is the niche theme that seems to be working well. I want to do this, but make it better. All right. Now, now to you or me, that might not sound like make it better. What does that mean? Graphic designers, they like that kind of, they understand that kind of language, all right? So when you say make it better, it's like, hey, if everybody is showing the front version of their collagen peptides jar, that doesn't mean go show the side, you know, that means you're going to show the front, but can you make it better? Like maybe a slightly different angle or, you know, maybe it's a drop shadow. I'm not saying that you should use drop shadows on main image, but you guys get the point is how can you make it a little bit better? Because you do want to differentiate yourself a little bit without completely breaking the the proven track record of what connects with customers in a certain niche. Same thing with those secondary images and then going into like the bullet points, like maybe all of them in the first bullet point, you know, talk about the size of the product. Well, maybe you should, uh, maybe you definitely should keep that in the first couple of bullet points as well. So these are things to keep in mind. Look at the niche theme and no two niches are are identical. So you shouldn't just have one formula like, hey, no matter what niche that I make a product in, I'm going to do this for the bullet points. I'm going to do this for my photography. I'm going to do this for my title, et cetera, et cetera. No, look what's working for the top competitors in your niche and, and try to just to improve on that without breaking what is working. Uh, another way you could look at you know what's going on in niche themes and, and how kind of sophisticated different sellers are, use the tool Listing Analyzer inside of Helium 10. So in Listing Analyzer, you can enter in a group of products and then we'll show you different metrics such as you know their listing quality score based on you know what our focus group said that they wanna uh, consider such as making sure that uh, they have best practices for a listing as far as the length of the title, uh, making sure they have at least five bullet points, checking the size of their images. If you see a niche where everybody has, you know, some kind of like low scores, you know, that might be a, a good sign. If they have all high scores, that doesn't mean you need to stay away. It just means that, man, you better make sure that your listing optimization is on point. But I get excited when, I, when I'm trying to enter a niche and I see uh, like more than half the sellers just have really poorly optimized listings, gets me excited. Um, but there's another way that you can analyze the niche themes. All right. So we've been talking in the last couple of episodes about a lot of helium 10 tools more than we, we normally do, because as you can see, you know, a lot of what we've talked about, these strategies you can do on your own, but some of them kind of require helium 10. I think most of you guys listening out there are already helium 10 members, but if you're not, I'm going to sign up for a free account now, or what I suggest doing is signing up for a 30 day trial at 10% off and you can get this 10% off for life. So just go to helium 10, sign up for a free account, upgrade to the platinum plan and use the special code SSP for serious sellers podcast, SSP 10, you get 10% off for life. When I, the reason I call it 30 day trial is because you get a money back guarantee. All right. So if you start using it for 20, 25 days, you're not happy. Just let customer service know they'll return 100% of your money and literally you're not even out one cent, all right? So everybody 
right now who's listening to this, if you're not yet on at least a platinum plan of Helium 10, just go do it right now. There's literally no risk. And you're gonna try all these techniques that we've talked about today. And in my, the last episode, we, we've used tools like Cerebro, Magnet, Listing Builder. Listing Builder, remember that that, that secondary um, hack I gave about how you can get that subject matter. If you don't have subject matter, that one does require the diamond plan. So if you guys are platinum, you'll need to upgrade to the diamond plan. You can use that SSP 10 code to save 10% off that too. But anyways, let's talk about some more strategies. And again, not in all these strategies have to do with Helium 10. Actually, most of these don't have to do with Helium 10. Uh, we talked a little bit today about A plus content. Now here's a little known thing. It's not some like hashtag game changer, but we talked before in the last episode how these little things, they add up and all you need is like a 1%, 2% here, um, 1% there conversion rate increase. And it could mean at the end of the year, thousands and thousands of dollars. All of these little tiny things add up. A plus content, all right? What I want you guys to do, those of you who have A plus content, or if you don't have A plus content, once you do get it, go into your A plus content and then go to the related contents tab, all right? So as soon as you land on your A plus content, the main tab is called content. There's a secondary tab called ASINs. Hit the related contents tab and make sure that you have done the create language variation, all right? Um, for the US market, it is actually, you can do use the Amazon translation services from that button for Hebrew and Spanish. Now, for those who don't know, if you go to amazon.com, there's like a little flag at the top or like a, I think it's a little flag or a little English sign. There are people, if you're if you're on amazon.com, the US website, you can hit that and then you can change to these other languages like Spanish and Hebrew. Now, what happens is if you have this automatic translation done, let me show you how it looks. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, what you do, um, if you're in the English, you actually have your full A plus content shown, but then if you switch to the Spanish version, it will have those same images and everything else, but the listing copy is now changed to a, a Spanish version that was done by Amazon. Now, what if you do not hit this automatic translation that uh, I'm talking about? Well, I found a coffin makeup shelf listing that had a beautiful, uh, a beautiful, beautiful A plus content, probably better than the Project X one. They really went all out, really nice looking here. But if you, I switch the browser to Spanish, and um, if you see this on the right-hand side, they no longer had any description, no A-plus content, nothing. There, It was just a blank section right here and then went directly to the sponsored ad in, instead of this beautiful A-plus content. And the reason is because they did not have this automatic translation done. So again, it's not like, you know, 20% of the customers who are looking at your listing are going to be looking at it in Spanish or Hebrew, but is it 1%? Is it 2%? 3%? Could be, you know, if it just takes a couple clicks, it's a no brainer guys, go back there, click that thing so that you can get, um, make sure that your listing will show up in those other languages. If somebody is looking at it in those browsing scenarios. Another cool thing is a custom template for your A-plus content. Now, this was uh, given to us by Kamal from AMZ One Step. And, you know, we, we talked about A-plus content and how you can have different modules, like a banner module and then like a comparison module. What you can kind of do is actually create one giant image, like just in whatever, you know, Photoshop or Illustrator, whatever you and your graphics team is using, make one giant image and then you break it up into the different modules 
once you know the, 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 like the pixel size of the different modules of A plus content. And then what happens is when you actually view it now on an Amazon page, it looks like just one giant image that, that, that you scroll down for when it's really made up of like six or seven or eight other images because you cut up your giant images into those little modules. It's like a really cool hack on how you can just kind of like look a little bit different and a little bit more professional than even the other buyers or the other sellers who have a plus content and are using the more traditional, um, the more traditional modules there. So really cool. Uh, another strategy uh, for listing optimization. We talked in the last episode about making sure uh, how your listing looks on other browsers and mobile because how Amazon sometimes truncates those titles. You want to look um, and use a website. I think it's a free website. This is what, again, from Kevin King, one of his elite masterminds. He talked about this free website where you can see how your listing or any webpage for that matter looks in all the browsers and all the different telephones and all the different computers, uh, iPads, everything out there browserstack.com is the website. So go to browserstack.com, take a look and get started for free and then see how your uh, Amazon listing looks in other ones as well. Now, another uh, tip is again from Kevin King and it's about copywriting your listing copy. All right, you heard of that before? How many of you have seen a listing on Amazon? I'm not talking about hijackers where they hop on your listing, but they literally take your title and your bullet points and description and images and make their own listing, their own ASIN and everything. And they're selling their own product. You're like, what? These guys just copied it. Well, sometimes you can get them taken down, you know, from Amazon pretty quickly. But if not, um, if you if you show that you have your listing copy copyrighted from copyright.gov, it's a US government website, copyright.gov, you can actually copyright like your, your, your bullet points and your title and your description and images. And I think it's like $65 to do it. Uh, Kevin says that he's doing this like all his listings now. And then what happens is if somebody comes in and copies it, he now can show them, hey, look at this. I've got this copyright from the US government on my listing. Get these guys kicked off and boom, they're kicked off like right away. Um, usually no questions asked, he said. So I haven't tried this myself. Really cool uh, strategy that, that he shared in the uh, Elite Workshop. Now, here is a controversial question that I've gotten um, always. And, and it's controversial because Amazon says opposite things depending on who you ask. And this is, should I duplicate keywords that I have in the front end of my listing into the back end? All right, now, my answer is a simple yes. All right. Amazon in the documentation says flatly, no. All right. Now what gives, you know, Bradley usually don't talk against Amazon. Well, here's the thing. I've been talking about this for a long time that the reason why I started doing that was actually because of Amazon, you know, even though they were saying, don't do it, you know, a few times when I would ask Amazon seller central, I'm like, man, well, why am I not ranking well on this keyword? And, and I'm like, it's in my title and everything. And they asked me, well, is it also in the back end search terms? And I said, no, and they're like, hey, go ahead and put it in there too. And what I saw, you know, this is like three years ago was sure enough, like as soon as I put it in the back end search terms, I started getting uh, ranked for it, right? So I was like, hey, even though it was in the front end, putting it in the back end helped. Now, if you look under the search optimization tool that uh, brand analytics people have in their listing, it'll say, hey, do not put stuff in the front end of your listing into the back end of your listing because these words are ignored and this is a waste of your time, blah, 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 right? Uh, still, Amazon employees, sometimes, depending on who you ask, they'll tell you that you can do it. So I was like, you know what? 
instead of just taking, you know, trying to decide between one Amazon employee and what the Amazon, you know, documentation says, let's just see what the algorithm does. So what I did was I did a test where I took a keyword um, of one of our test listings called Chicken Coop Red Wire, and it was in the title. It was in the title, and I was ranking consistently between uh, positions like 135 to kind of like 120, 125 around there. You know, for, for a, a couple of weeks, I was ranking around there. So I all I did was I copied it from the title. I put it in the subject matter, updated it. Within two hours, my listing jumped up 40 places, in, and it started fluctuating at higher than I ever was before. And it, it didn't get me to page one just doing this, but it had even uh, some hours in some geolocations and some browsing uh, or some browsers, it would even get up to rank 50. It would start fluctuating between like 100 and also 50. And so what does that show? That shows that, hey, yes, if you duplicate it to the back end, your most important keyword phrase, even is in your title, it can give you a little bit of an algorithm help. So just keep that in mind. That's why my, my personal practice is, some of my top two or three or four phrases, I'll go ahead and put those in the back end of my listing as well. Here's another you know, tip. Um, Kevin has talked before, and I think it was Vanessa who talked about this uh, before, is try and fill in all of your fields like in a flat file. And that is a way to like help people from like hijacking your listing and like throwing in some random forbidding keywords. Sometimes people do that. They'll like upload a listing, if you haven't filled in one of your backend fields, they'll like put in some like keywords that will probably get you suspended or something like some cuss words or drug related words or, or, um, you know, like chemical related keywords or, or, you know, can 95 or some, some words that might be not, uh, um, appropriate for a listing that Amazon will suppress you for. But uh, I heard a way to get around that is making sure everything's filled out. Now, let's just say it's just too, you're like, I can't even fill out some of these things. Like some of these things are really weird. Like I'm selling a coffin shelf and this filter is called arm style. Like, you know, like, like a microphone arm or something. Like, like how, how am I supposed to fill, fill that out, right? First of all, let's just talk about even regardless of the hijacking thing, why is it important to fill out some of these fields? Well, if you were to type in something like coffin shelf, guys, if you're watching this or you're on a computer right now, type in coffin shelf and you'll see on the left-hand side, there's a whole bunch of different filterable things. And one of them, for example, is home decor material. You can pick crystal, glass, metal, plastic, or wood. Now, all coffin shelves, guys, are wood. I'll just tell you that right now. You know, I sell coffee I know they're all 100% wood. But let's say that for the Manny's Mysterious Oddities, our coffin shelf, I did not enter in that back-end um, field called home decor material, and I did not put wood. Well, what happens when a customer now selects wood there on the search results? Guess what? My product disappears. It disappears. It's only going to show the products that the, the seller had entered in wood for this field of home decor material. So the best thing to do, guys, whenever you make a new listing yourself or one of your employees, find out your top five most important keywords and just physically search it on Amazon and then write down all of the different fields that come up on the left-hand side. You know, for coffin shelf, it's furniture and decor style, it's furniture finish, it's mounting type, home decor material, home decor theme, shelf insulation type, number of shelves, shelf shape, color, and room type. 
Those are the ones. I would go then go and do the same thing for gothic decor, if that was one of my main keywords, and a couple others, and then fill those out. Now, that might be a pretty tedious task, but it's not a tedious task if you do this from day one. Now, let's just say you've got 50 products and you've never even thought about this. All you have ever done is the search terms and subject matter and and bullet points and things like that. Well, you're like, how in the world am I gonna do this for like you know, 20, 100 products? Well, if you want a, a shortcut, it's not gonna give you all of them, but if you go into something called the listing, uh, I think it's like the listing quality dashboard or something like that in Amazon, you will actually see um, you will actually see a something called recommendation details, and it will put all of your listings on one little module, and it will tell you like the three or four fields that it thinks that you definitely need to have, and then without having to edit one by one your listings, you will now see um, all of those those fields in there. You just enter it in right there on that page and you'll be able to enter in the fields that are missing. So that's that's a, a great way to do it, kind of like in a shortcut way. So uh, I hope these these strategies you know, ha- have been able to, to help you guys because um, like I said, listing optimization is so important and, and it seems like it's getting more and more complicated and there's more and more nuances to know, but don't don't feel bad, feel good. I mean, think about it, guys. You know, a lot of this stuff today, maybe that you learned today, and you guys, uh, a lot of you are, are pretty, pretty experienced sellers. If you didn't know some of these things, I'm sure, I'm sure some of them you did. You know, you guys are pro. You, some of you know even more than me, but but I'm sure you learned something today. As a matter of fact, if you're watching this uh, um, on YouTube, put in the description what what was the the things that you learned the most. If you're watching this on our website or or listening to this, I should say on the website, put it in the comments below what you learned the most, or, or send me a message. But if there are things that you learn today, just think, how many of your competitors know these things? If you're listening to this podcast, I guarantee you're always getting you know different tips and tricks. Maybe your competitors aren't listening to this podcast. Maybe they don't know about it. So I actually like the fact that things like this are getting more difficult on Amazon because me knowing all of these things and being able to get learn from other people like you know Kevin and, and others out there and you guys learning from this podcast – Think about what kind of competitive advantage now you have over your your other competitors in your niche who might not know these little things. And like we said in the last episode, 1% conversion rate increase here, 2% there, showing for more keywords here, showing for more PPC there. All of these things add up, guys, and it could mean potentially thousands and thousands more dollars for you on your bottom line. So I want you guys to bookmark this episode and the last episode. Do a check mark. Don't forget that if you want to watch the full version of this uh, original workshop that Leilama and I did. You can go to h10listings.com. These were all important stuff, uh, guys. Make sure that you are implementing these strategies in in your new listings and in your existing listings. Uh, A question people ask sometimes is, well, how often should I re-optimize my listings? It's not something you want to do like every week or or something like that. All right. Um, You know, I, I like re-looking at my listings and doing my keyword research again and then maybe checking what the competitors are doing once every you know four or five months or so unless there's a lot of new players, movers and shakers in my niche or I'm losing my market share. Um, the, the way I know if I'm losing my market share or if there's new players, I use that tool uh, Market Tracker. So if I have Market Tracker going and I'm tracking myself and my main competitors and my main keywords, Helium 10 is going to notify me if like there's new movers or shakers and players in my niche trying to take my market share. And if I do, those are the ones I'm going to focus on to see what are they doing? Like, what did they do that took some of my market share? Are they converting for keywords that I'm not? 
I need to put those keywords in my listing. So that that's that kind of goes on the keyword research side of things. But I suggest doing that. You know, every four or five months, check who your main competitors are, see if they're on the top of page one for some high ranking keywords that you don't even have in your listing. Then yeah, go back into your listing. Put those keywords in there, get indexed, start doing some PPC um, in order to get some traction. So um, I know this wasn't, uh, you know, the 100% complete, uh, you know, conglomerate of, of all things listing optimization related. But uh, I'd like to think that hopefully this is some of the most uh, tips that you've had on listing the last two episodes. And I thank you for everybody who contributed to some of these strategies. Make sure to implement them. If there's something we didn't mention here and it's working, please let me know about it so we can share. You know, sharing is caring, guys. I'm not trying, I'm not keeping any of this stuff for, for myself. If I learn something new, immediately I give it to you guys out there on podcasts like this. So uh, I hope that you do the same and please share with me so I can share uh, with everybody else. And thank you guys again for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode.